You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome to the My Top 5 Podcast, where it's our duty to disagree with personal preference. I am your host, Flesh Armo. It was very sing-songy that time. Yeah, well, I, it felt like it was rhyming a little, or like had like some kind of tempo. Have so you tried I rapping just, it? I know. I'm I was going to give it a go, rapping. but then I You're I good did. at rapping. Uh, I'm not so good with rapping. No. I mean, every time you guys come over to the house and you get drunk, you always do a rap yeah, song. Yeah, we like making chicken wings and rapping. Yeah, but, one day uh, that'll get released. Oh, gosh. Not. <laughs> I would like to bury all that. Who are you anyway? Who uh, are you? Mighty Flo you Young. Uh, that's my rap name, if that's what you meant. <laughs> Co-host Mighty Flo Young. You can Young. find me, Mighty Flo Young, in all the record stores. <laughs> Uh, on the real, our friend Jesse Kale gave me that nickname for Did my he? rap name. Oh, yeah, yes. Jesse Kale gave me that name years and years ago. Fans of the podcast will know Jesse Kale, and most people we should already know Jesse Kale. Here, yeah. yeah, he gave me that probably. Uh, I think we were in like high school or something, nice. and it was great. I wonder why. There's Mighty no Flo like Young. In there no, anything. it's it, I don't know. No, like he was Lou just Dog. he was passing out rap names like he. Uh, so there was Trill Clinton, was one. Trill uh, Clinton. Uh, there was uh, like Bill Clinton. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Trill Clinton. Uh, nice. I can't remember. Nick had one that was funny. Anyway, yeah, that's just it. Just talking I'm, about uh, friends that people don't know now, Yeah, Luke, I know. So I'm just dropping good. names. Shout out to little Nick. Hi, Nick. Uh, My voice just cracked then. I'm your co-host, Luke Shomo. Hey! How are we doing today? How's things? I think we've already talked about everything. I'm great. Things are great. Things are talked great. About we've everything. got a guest today. That's it. Yeah, that's about all we that's can, all we've we got can to hope do. for. Boom. <laughs> Our guest today is Mr. Kevin Jordan from the band This Wildlife. Hello, Kevin. Hey Hello, how are you guys doing? <laughs> We're doing good. How are you? Excellent, excellent. Um, are you in California right now? Do you still live there? I actually moved to Arizona a few years ago. Coming up on four years ago, I think 20, 2016. So I think I actually just reached my, my four-year mark here in Arizona. My mom wow. moved out here a couple years prior to that. And so uh... I wanted to be closer to her, came out here, and uh, I had already met who would become my wife out here prior to that. But then we started dating kind of shortly after I moved out here. And now now I have an actual life with dogs and a wife and family around instead of just sharing a bedroom with my, our merch dude. So (laughs) it's nice. (laughs) Hey, it could be worse. I was a merch dude once and shared a, shared a home with my brother. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, but I I was in my mid twenties, uh, sleeping in a twin bed with my best friend next to me. Like we were fucking frat boys that never actually went to college. I was uh, I was in my mid twenties sleeping in a laundry room, so I definitely understand the uh, I, I get the oh, vibes. Damn. Okay. I- <laughs> <laughs> and in his defense, it was the a big laundry room. Like, it was like I a thought closet. I had a pretty good story, was- but you got, you got me beat with the laundry room. <laughs> it was it was the only room left, and uh, we house. had to make it work. Hey, if he wanted to live, I was also body. in like beautiful Long Beach, so I can't really complain too much. <laughs> I yeah. was gonna say, if yours was in California, I think you yeah. can't really complain. Yeah, I was about in Ohio, that. so. You know, it is. And my rent was only three hundred bucks because I was splitting a room with a dude. So I was. <laughs> it could I, be I worse. Can't too much. I take it all back. It was excellent. Sounds great. Honestly, sounds pretty great. I'd love to be in Long Beach right now. Sure. I mean, maybe not right now because of all the fires. But damn, yeah, that sounds glorious. I love California. Do you miss California? I do. Yeah, it's like I mean, I, I kind of say like when I drive back there, I go back there pretty often just yeah. for band stuff. And <clears throat> when I'm driving back, like you roll the windows down when you get like kind of closer to the ocean and you're just like, 
uh, this is why people pay like four times more for rent yeah. and real estate. Just, Absolutely. You know, the, the weather there is so insanely consistent for most of the year. And it's so beautiful. And there's so many things there like within, you know, a two hour drive, you could be up in the mountains or you could be at the beach or you can go out to the high desert. Yeah. Um, you could be, you know, at lakes that, that are so many out there. It's like the funny part is that I never did any of that shit anyways. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one ever does when they now that there. You, when you don't have access to any of it, you're like, oh, that would be nice. Yeah, <laughs> I should have made more of that. Classic. Um, OK, so, Kevin, you're from the band This Wildlife. You were in that with uh, Mr. Anthony Del Grosso. I feel bad that I, we probably should have had both of you on. I feel bad because you're just a duo. Do you think he'll He's be upset? He's not uh, a huge talker unless you want to talk to him about sports. Then he'll oh, okay. never stop. <laughs> I'd get on well that with him. That sounds like Luke. I'd get on well with him. <laughs> Um, you've been in this wildlife since 2010. You have three albums. The last one came out in 2018. Are you, I'm guessing you're working on something now. Can you divulge anything with us? Yeah, we're, um, we actually just decided to go the independent route after making our last three records with Epitaph. And nice. uh, we've been actually self-producing the record so far. Wow. And I'm, you know, I'm kind of in the room where we're recording the majority of that album right now. So we're still like we're kind of doing it, and because we're we have time to take things slower, we're writing songs and then recording them, writing songs and then recording them, rather than demoing out a bunch of songs and then going and recording all of them in you know like a six week block, which is what we usually we usually take like six weeks to make a record, which is pretty hilarious considering bands that have a lot more members and shit going on than us do it in like two or three weeks. Right. But we're really really slow and. It's nice to even take it slower than that this time around. Yeah. Obviously, this year everybody has right. like, ample time to to do everything. So I'm still playing like you know six hours of COD a day and then working <laughs> on music. Sorry, six hours of COD a night and then working on music during the day. Have you found so it, it's uh it's cool? I was gonna say, have you found that um has Corona affected your ability to be creative, or do you think it's it's just fine it's because you said it's giving you more time a big part for me is that i'm always um eager for for touring yeah and so the concept of touring to me actually gets my creative juices flowing because i'm so invested in like what the production will be like what the visuals will be like um design in general like okay what's going to be the theme of the whole merch line for this tour and that stuff kind of bounces back and forth between the creative process of making the record and making the album art and without kind of that light at the end of the tunnel right now I kind of like I've had a couple ideas for what our tour will be like when we have this new record uh, out and it's like well (laughs) when's that gonna fucking happen you know and it's like so it has I think it has actually stifled my drive a little bit to be creative and we definitely could be like get our asses cracking and get this record done really quickly if we wanted to <laughs> yeah. but we're just like well there, there's absolutely no rush right now yeah. so we're, we're like i said just taking it really slow and instead of writing you know 20 demos and then cutting them down to 10 which is kind of what we've normally done we're gonna write even more and then cut it down to 10 so that you know we always have like that theory of trim the fat and get down to like the real heart of what what are the absolute best songs that you could find on there that's awesome yeah i think that's a great idea um because also you don't want to be writing something now and then still touring not happen for like a year and a half and you have want to write completely different songs by the time you tour again, you know? Yeah, but I feel like that always happens anyways. Yeah, that's like, very I mean, true. I know on our first record, we, we did it and we didn't 
released the record for over a year after it was completely done. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and that was that was because we had done it independently and then signed, and it was like, well, we have to wait around for Warp Tour and sure. stuff. So now doing things independently where we already have a like an established fan base, we can move a lot quicker. So it's like by the time it's done, you know, it's like six weeks to delivery for, for it to go up on yeah. ITunes. streaming and stuff yeah. like that if you if you take it slow i mean you can get stuff up next week now which we did that we just released like oh, a cover wow. maybe a month ago or something like that yeah. where we were just like we got it done and we were just like let's just throw it up next week like fuck waiting let's just why, why not you know it's yeah, just why like not? it's not like our heart and soul is put into right. a cover let's just throw it up online so you definitely move quicker now um and and that that wouldn't have happened at Epitaph. They, they would have pushed for us to wait, wait, and they would have been like, well, do we have any visuals for this? We're like, no, we don't want to make a fucking video for this. Yeah. Like, we're just sitting in our bedrooms. Right. Like, let's just get the thing up, you know? Yeah. So it, it's cool to be able to move and be a little more nimble. Great. Hell yeah. So we heard, Fleur told me that you I were, totally okay, missed. did you really perform on The Bachelorette? Is that a real thing? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, how I think does, that was how did that how did that come to be? That's crazy. We were actually we got asked to do it, and we, we were actually in the middle of a, a tour with Being as an Ocean, yeah. and we had to cancel or not cancel, but we had to like not play a South by Southwest performance in in Dallas and like a, a date of that tour, and fly back to Los Angeles to film it at like the. It's called like the Santa Anita's racetrack. And okay. so we're like performing like, you know, I've never actually been to one, but like the horse race where they have like the big sign that shows like all yeah, the points yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. The, scoreboard, the scoreboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're like literally performing in front of this like uh, lit up scoreboard at night playing. That's incredible. Fucking really, really sad song for this, <laughs> like, this couple going on their first like one-on-one date. It, I mean, it made absolutely no sense. The tagline of the song is, am I meant to be alone? And it was like, what? And the, they're sitting there like slow dancing to this song. That and, is so and good. And I think that was the first kiss of the season. And afterward, they said, um, oh, you guys make real, they came up to us afterward and they said, you guys make really good, uh, really good love songs or something like that. And we were just kind of like cracking Wait, up to ourselves. Like, That's you guys didn't so hear a fucking fun. word of that. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go watch that. I I can't say as I've se- my wife watches a little bit of that show. I can't say as I mean, I've watched any of it, but online. yeah, that's so funny. It does look very romantic. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. Um, okay, so this is the my top five podcast. Um, and what subject have you chosen to talk about today, Kevin, and why? Uh, I chose top five sad songs. Um, I think well, obviously, this wildlife makes sad music, and <laughs> yes. I'm a big big proponent <laughs> of sad songs. Uh, and I actually have a, a different vibe with sad songs is that they actually make me really happy. So I, I love like heightened senses um, yeah. and music. It, it delivers that to me in a way that just words can't um, like if I just read something, it, it doesn't deliver. It's like, but when I watch a movie and there's like a soundtrack to it, I really get pulled into like emotion and it like it fires me up. I love it. So it's sad songs for me make me super happy i love making sad music uh and i want to talk about the songs that inspire me i bloody yeah. love sad music Hell yeah. i am a sad music lover too um if you have any songs that didn't quite make your top five and you'd like to mention honorable mentions are allowed um 
Just try not to honorable mention like 30 because then that's the top 35. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but okay, we'll, we'll I do, do, have, I do have some, some, uh, some backups. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so we'll start um, with us and we'll, we'll end with your number one. Do you want me to go first? Today? Yeah, I want you, you, since you're the big sad song person, I feel like I was reaching a little bit. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I love sad songs, but it was very hard for me to pin down five. I was struggling to, like, narrow it in, I'll be honest. Um, And then there's just genres. Like, I was all over the genre map, too. I don't know. uh, Okay, so I'm going to start. My number five is Chris Isaac, Wicked Game. Oh. Now, I don't know if people... Do you know that song? I don't think I do. You don't know that song? I don't know. Is it, there's, didn't The weekend do a song called Wicked Game? Wicked Game? This Wildlife, know. we covered that song. Did you? I didn't Like a year that. ago, we covered uh, Okay, games. well, there we yeah. go. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, I, I love it. It's an amazing song. Um, it's basically, for those that have Luke, you would it, know it if you heard the yeah, I'm sure I yeah. would, yeah. Um, what we'll do is we'll put we'll do like a playlist of videos on YouTube or something. Didn't The Weeknd do a song called Wicked Game? I don't know. Am I making that up? I'm he pretty, might have. I'm pretty sure. He could he, also. He, he did. That's a, that's a big Weeknd song, but yeah. it's not a cover. Okay. I okay. was like, thought I was nuts for a second. I was um, like, maybe I'm crazy. I don't know The Weeknd's... Yeah. Uh, discography so I'm well, it's sorry a, it's a pop song the weekend's uh song is about like about strippers doing yeah. coke so yeah it's a very right different song. Natu- as you do <laughs> okay as you do well as this is about sad songs sure Luke, also this- a sad song though <laughs> yeah probably actually hey i don't um, know i thought it might be the same song this song is uh about um someone making falling in love with someone and then not wanting them anymore mm. um and he's like basically why did you make me fall in love with you if you're gonna treat me this way the, the opening line the world was on fire and no one could save me but you wow i absolutely love that line I love it. it's an absolute he's classic so dramatic i love it so dramatic the video is so dramatic um and his voice is you know haunting haunting i like it um but yeah for some reason it really hits a chord with me and i think it's one of the best songs ever and it's incredibly sad and i think everyone's probably had that moment in their life so i i just kicked off with old chris isaac because i adore that song i like it so that's my number five uh my number five is i have some some 80s songs on here because i'm a bit of an 80s junkie when it comes to music uh i have careless whisper (gasps) by george michael and or wham i think it was a wham song but uh Careless Whisper, I mean, firstly, just got the best sax solo of all time. The best sax solo. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I know that song for the sax solo. Yeah, right? that's Every like, time I go into Guitar Center, they have like keyboard station set up, and I always go straight to the saxophone patch to play Careless oh, Whisper. Oh, yeah. I mean, but I don't know any of the fucking lyrics. Well, I, I guess do. I should go oh, back. I don't it's know. actually about him cheating on me. I was going to say, I don't actually know what it's about. I should have probably done a better job never of researching that. Again. Well, that's Guilty what I was saying. I wrote down the lyrics, I'm never going to dance again. Guilty feet have got no rhythm. Yep. I mean, he must have done something he bad. cheated on him. Yeah, that yeah. sounds right. <laughs> but uh, I, it's I, easy to pretend. I know you're not a fool. Yeah, see, I, I don't know. I, that's the thing. I don't even know what it's about. But I know it's sad, and I know that sax has got me feeling things that I I'm feeling. So I had to go. I love me some George Michael. The saxophone's so. a very emotional in- it instrument. Is. There, there's like, like a lot sex. of uh, like voicing to to an instrument like that. When I was in like middle school, they did like you know middle school band, and you had to pick an instrument, and I picked saxophone because a I just thought it was cool. That's hilarious. And then I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the cool like, like emotional kid, and it it didn't really work out for me, but. Couldn't play as good as Lisa, apparently. Yeah, that was the problem. <laughs> um, okay, Kevin, five for you. 
Okay, number five, I picked the song uh, called Erase by a band called Copeland. Um, oh, Copeland. Nice. I probably could have filled my top five with Copeland songs. Yes, Respect. very sad. Because uh, Aaron Marsh is one of my favorite songwriters ever. Uh, and he's actually, he, he's produced a couple of our records. And, and he's actually the one who agreed with me. And he said, sad songs, like nothing makes me happier than, than sad music. And so I picked the song Erase. Um, the whole song is pretty haunting really really beautiful like textures throughout the whole song and it really like ramps up towards the end there's like these romantic strings but there's um a portion of the song where it really ramps up and then everything kind of sucks out and like i always when i listen to it i like really feel like it's like that section of the song is just floating and he says you're still a breeze upon my skin close my eyes i breathe you in i'm still the shadows in your night taking over until i fade into your light but you won't erase me heaven or hell will have to wait you won't erase me and so, you know, I kind of took it as this song of like, I think it's a song about like contemplating suicide, um, yeah. like being on the edge and like kind of almost not having the balls to do it, but feeling like you want to. Um, but like, especially that section of the song and right after that, that section, where like I said, it's kind of like really floating and ambient and then it pounds back in and drums come back in and there's just like a really nice guitar riff and it's like super, super dramatic. But I also think, Copeland, like I said, any other Copeland song could yeah. probably fit into this category. Oh, 100%. Um, their entire album called Eat, Sleep, Repeat is just like, would just like breaks your heart. I yeah. think like the um, opening song of Eat, Sleep, Repeat, he says, uh, I just woke to eat some chocolate and then I'll go straight back to bed. And I was just like, oh my God, that is so specific and does not apply to me at all. But I like, I get it. Like, I totally get what he's saying right now. So Copeland. If you don't listen to Copeland, yeah. they are the shit. I think I've definitely done that at some point. Sure, sure. <laughs> respect for Copeland. Yeah, that's, that's love that choice. band. <laughs> yeah, respect Copeland. <laughs> Everybody. Um, number four, I've gone for another big hitter, which is actually quite recent. And I have no idea why, but for some reason I heard this song and it really reminded me of being 16 and... Um, liking a boy and then probably not reciprocating and all that stuff you go through when you're that age um and just everything's so dramatic when you're when you're like 14 15 16 and um but it's it's a new one actually it's billy eilish when the party's over mm. for some reason that song really gets to me um it i i don't know why i her, the rest of her stuff is obviously quite I don't know, boppy, but um, a little bop. this is, you know, very understated and quiet and um, except for obviously the bass in it, but um, I didn't dive into her new album that much. I should do it. Did she have a new one come out or do you mean the her, newest just her one. album? The latest one. Yeah. Um, but she the, has a single out now that that is incredible. Is it the one I, for I, the I, James Bond? I'm, I'm with you on that floor. She like, there's something about her music that, um, I know a lot of people like kind of make fun of her for like, oh, it sounds like ASMR, like yeah. how like yeah. she whispers into the microphone and stuff. But I've always taken that as like that. It, when I listen to stuff like that in headphones, I feel like I feel like I'm in the room. I feel like that person's yeah. right there, and that intimacy, like that pushes the the emotional level, like amplifies it through the roof. Yeah, so her, her stuff to me is is incredible. Yeah, she's very good at that. I don't know how she was writing lyrics like the ones in this song when she was so young but i guess i just said when you're 14 you feel that way but the just the line quiet when i'm coming home and i'm on my own and then she's like i could lie and say i like it like 
it I, I don't know it's just just makes me think of every time you'd go home <laughs> you're like <Yeah>. oh. <laughs> <laughs> um it just makes me really sad that song and I, uh, yeah, I don't know why. I mean, why. that's the point. I, I can't really explain why it makes me so sad. The rest of it, like I said, the rest of her stuff is obviously a lot more focused on being funky and stuff. But um, that one, I'm just surprised it came out with someone her age. Yeah. Because I just think it's very poignant She's and got a very lot of, good. A lot of emotion in her music, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, my she number rocks. four is another, I'm going back to the 80s well, and I'm uh, I'm picking All Out of Love by Air Supply. <laughs> I'm all out of love. Nice. I'm so lost without uh, okay, you. Okay. You get oh, it. Luke's singing this it. time, everybody. Well, I got zero response from you guys, so I'm just making sure you know <laughs> well, what you, I'm singing you here. So, in. I knew the song. Uh, here we go. I knew the song. I knew the song. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's clearly a man who's just he's used up all his love. It's all he's got. So long. Yeah, he's just he's pushing it, and uh, that's all he's got left. And he's 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 done. He's done with it. Most of mine are about love, apparently. I think all the sad, all songs, sad songs are, are about aren't love, they? But a lot of the time, they're about being alone. Most or, of it, yeah. yeah. But yeah, L- love uh, and loss—that's the yeah. the two big big ones. Yeah. It's kind of like ironically sad, though. I feel like because I feel like it, it used in montages of shows and stuff that are just like funny. It does it's get really used more in like montages. for comedy than it is for actual sadness, which I'm down with. It does get used in montages a lot. Yeah, I feel like I, I watched like Brooklyn Nine Nine recently, and it was in a Brooklyn Nine Nine <laughs> montage, or something, which is fantastic, but. So yeah, it's a, it's ironically sad, but uh, you know, I, I'm I'm try I'm not too emo- I'm an emotional guy, but uh, I'm enjoying my my funny emotional songs. So that's my '80s my my other '80s jam. Nice. Okay, Kevin. Four. Uh, number four, I did uh, the song "Dear Mama" by Tupac Shakur. Oh yeah. Uh, and this song, I mean, this song is like there's so many lyrics. Like I have them copy pasted into my uh, document here. Um, Obviously, rap songs, they like spit out a lot of words per minute, so I won't go too deep into this. <laughs> but basically, like he's telling the most incredible story of uh, being raised by a single mother with, with other kids in the house and his story of like r- literally from being a kid to being an adult. Uh, and I kind of highlighted a couple sections that, that I really, really loved. Um, I think this one everybody knows. Uh, he says, and even as a crack fiend mama, you always was, was a black queen mama. I finally understand for a woman, it ain't easy trying to raise a man. And I think that's something that like, I was, I was raised by a single mother. And actually, I think mm. I have extra weight on this song because my mom always told me to play this song at her funeral. So I'm mm. like, oh, oh wow. you know, like I really like dug into this song. Wow. Um, wow. And then later in the song, he goes, no love for my daddy because the coward wasn't there. He passed away and I didn't cry because my anger wouldn't let me feel for a stranger. And I think it's like, when you have somebody like as tough as like Tupac Shakur, him like talking about emotion in a song is like, holy crap. You know, it's like, it's kind of like when somebody who's pretty solemn most of the time speaks, it's like, oh, you listen. And it's like for like a tough guy, like pulling you in and like discussing things that, that a lot of probably men aren't uh, comfortable to talk about. Right. Yeah, this song absolutely. to me is, is so heavy. And the, the whole, the whole song lyrically is just incredible storytelling. And I think that's something that's uh, really unique uh, in, in like the hip hop world. I feel like he was just the ultimate storyteller and like the ultimate lyricist when it came to really like getting emotion out into words and encapsulating what people are feeling. I feel like he was just such a king of that. So yeah, I and it, I, that. I think like the same for the same reason that I love a song like this, I really love uh, J. Cole. Yeah. Uh, and I know obviously he's insanely popular, but yeah. like he is such an incredible storyteller that, um, like, kind of like what I said about Copen, it's like, well, I can't relate to that, but my God is that, like, yeah that's 
intimate knowledge of, of, of somebody's story. And I love hearing people's stories, whether I could relate to them or not. Totally. Uh, so, but yeah, Tupac Shakur, Dear Mama. That song goes. That's a good I one. Super hard. Um, my number three is uh, Daughter, Youth. Okay. Um, I absolutely love Daughter. I only I picked this because for some reason it keeps coming up on my um, phone when I'm driving. And I don't know why this song more than others comes up, but it does. Um, if you don't know this song, it's absolutely wonderful. If you don't know who Daughter are, then definitely look them up mm-hmm. um and also it was used in the first season of afterlife with ricky gervais i haven't um, seen that he is great is it good that i preferred season one to season two but um he used it when there was like a montage of like people dying and stuff spoiler alert um but uh, people die in that yeah show. the lyrics are all about um being in love with someone and them just not wanting you. I have a lot of that in my time, in my choices. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had a happy childhood. <laughs> um, and I wrote down the lyrics, which is my favorite pit, my, my favorite pit, my favorite bit, favorite pit. Um, which was my eyes are damp from the words you left ringing in my head when you broke my chest. Um, just, just daughter, are very, very, very good at lyrics. Um, and it's all about, like if you if you still have someone you're very lucky because most of us don't yeah <laughs> if i'm gonna sum it up that's I, I actually i had i just removed this morning i decided to to bump that that was going to be number five for me oh, wow. um at, well sorry Sm- smother by daughter was oh, going to okay. be on there but i was going to say at the end of this i was going to say honorable mention to that whole album yes because it is it's so amazing. ridiculously good uh one line from from smother because i was like that's the one that i had uh written uh I sometimes wish I could go back inside my mother never to come out. Wow. Is the most <laughs> fucked up line yeah. on that whole album. Uh, but yeah, Daughter is incredible. So sad. Yeah, super sad. So yeah. if you if you want some super sad, go listen to Daughter, everybody. Super sadness. <laughs> super sadness. Uh, three? Three. All right. So I'm going to keep it in the rap train uh, nice. like Kevin did. Yeah, I I was trying to think of because I love rap music and there's a lot that you could pick from in that genre, but uh, I'm going with Stan from Eminem. Uh, It's a different type of sad. Yeah. It's not a love sad, which I are most of mine, but it's, I guess it's an obsessive love in a certain way. Uh, But obviously unrequited love again. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't know the song, uh, it's about a, a person who is so obsessed with, him that he ends up uh, committing a murder suicide over the, the the rabidness of his fanhood but uh it's now uh you, it's a verb now saying to stand a thing it's oh, a yeah. thing yeah Is it's become it a, yeah from? it's like actually a i never term knew that's where that. it came from yeah being I'm so obsessed, old super obsessed but uh yeah eminem in a lot like tupac it's just an insane lyricist and he obviously has had his ups and downs with his music but i feel like at the end of the day he he's an incredible writer of lyrics and uh yeah, that's uh, that's talking I mean, about an emotional ca- song. That's, it is sad because yeah. it's like the desperation they're feeling yeah, to have absolutely. that connection and they just feel like they're being ignored. He, yeah. In real life, it was literally in the news this week, I think, that someone broke into his house really? and like Jeez. basically did a real life stand on oh him. Oh my gosh. So there yeah, you go. I mean, obviously any song that ends with a, a murder-suicide is sad. So yeah, that was a dark one. But yeah, Stan, 
If you want to be happy, don't listen to that. I will say, though, that I do not really like Dido, who is the singer that was used as the chorus. I like that chorus. The chorus is great in that. Um, The actual song itself... Like, I can't eh. say as I know the actual she's just, one. To me, she's just a bit monotone. Mm. But um, I don't know much of Dido, to be she honest. She had one really. huge album and everyone was in love with her and I was very confused. I, it was when I was like 15 and I was like, I'm, why am I not getting this? Yeah. <laughs> her song White Flag is sick though. I will go down with this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think I do. Sometimes she like is one of those easy rhymers where she rhymes convenient words, and I've always had a bit of an issue with convenient rhyming. Convenient Ah, rhymes. So you like deep rhyme. I like it when people are smart. Obvious rhyming words. Yes. Yes. So three for you, Kevin. Uh, Number three, I did the song "Accidental Babies" by Damien Rice. Mm. Uh, He's another artist where I could just literally pick, like, throw a dart at the dartboard and pick a Damien Rice song. But this song. was I really attached to it when I was younger. Um, it's a song about uh, somebody that you love being with another person. Uh, and I'll just kind of pick out a, a couple lyrics from it. But uh, he says, Well, I know I make you cry, and I know sometimes you want to die, but do you really feel alive without me? If so, be free. If not, leave him for me before one of us has accidental babies. And <laughs> I, I'm like a fan of when people kind of have jarring lyrics that um, aren't like truly like singable like words that don't sound pretty so when he says before one of us has accidental babies um that it sounds so jarring and it's so ugly sounding yeah so it uh, that it kind of pulls you away from just ear candy uh, and it makes you think when you hear hear a lyric like that uh and i think what's cool about damien rice is that oftentimes his lyrics are very very metaphorical mm. and it's like hard to decipher what he's talking about but every once in a while he sprinkles in these like just fucking abundantly obvious uh, lyrics like that that are so specific right. that he lets you in. Uh, and then there's another lyric from that song where he says, uh, do you brush your teeth before you kiss? Do you miss my smell? And I, and I just like, oh my God, <laughs> like, this man is really in it and watching the love of his life uh, be with somebody else. Right. So, I, actually- but yeah, that, that's from the album uh, Nine. Uh, his second record. Yeah, I actually had an honorable mention of Nine Crimes by Damien Rice. Oh, yeah, the opening song. Yeah. Uh, and I, and the, the really fucked up part about Damien Rice is that the woman that he's in love with that he's talking about is in the band. Yeah. Wow. She's the singer on that song, Nine Crimes. It's cool. very so the, it's like he's a solo artist, right? A yeah. singer songwriter. But on his album, she's the first person to sing. That's intense. <laughs> on that song. That's so intense. He's, that man is. You got to kick her out of the band, bro. You yeah. Can't. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Well, Nine Crimes is about cheating on someone. So yeah. maybe he cheated on her. But um, And then made her sing on the song. I'm sure of it. Um, yeah. But the, I, I didn't put Delicate in there, but that's probably my favorite um, Damien Rice song. I feel like we've had a good eclectic list so far of yeah, uh, we have. types of music yeah. here. I'm going to throw out a really random one, which is from a giant band for my number two. Uh, it's a Coldplay song. Oh. But it's not any of their singles. Um, well, it might have been. I don't know. Um, it's called Warning Sign. Uh, um, I don't think that was a single. But it's my favorite Coldplay song. Um, and it's all about how you were with someone, but you were looking for an excuse for it to end because you you were like, eh, I'm I'm looking for problems in this relationship. And then once it's over, you realize what a mistake you made. Yeah. Um, and just the chorus is just, the truth is I miss you. And I really, really yeah. love it. I absolutely love that song. 
Um, I, okay, I didn't know what you were talking about until you, you said that, yeah, that chorus. The truth uh, is that's I a song that you. Anthony talks to me about all the time. Uh, <laughs> and because it's so understated. It's so understated. And he says that lyric and then it just, and the truth is that I miss you. And yeah. he just lets it breathe for so long. Yeah. And he, Anthony always accuses me of singing too fucking much he's like you never shut up you never just let the music go all you do is sing and so he showed me that and he's like he's like see how see how beautiful this can be and you don't have to go like you know the all 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 10 yards like you could just let let it go or all 10 yards is that a football sounds right 10 yards is a football thing is there 10 yards in a football field 10 yards uh, gets you a first down so yeah (laughs) okay so never mind i'm not gonna make any more sports references but yes that song is fucking great um, yeah, and I, I loved their first album. Um, they had um, God, I'm I'm gonna have to look it up quickly. Not not Yellow or anything. What was their first album? Called? I was gonna say. Speaking of Coldplay, an honorable mention for me is the Fix You. It's obviously one of their biggest songs, but that's super emotional. There's a show called the newsroom if you've ever heard of it that did a really amazing firstly it's a really good show it was i think it was hbo but they had a really intense moment in the show with that being like the main overtone of the whole thing and it's all it's all you hear is that song and it's just like so intense like i'm sure it's used a lot yeah they did it really well in the newsroom though highly recommend um my favorite song off their first album which is parachutes i had to look it up because my head of complete brain freeze was actually parachutes it's like an it's not even a song it's like 40 seconds and it's filler but i think i i just loved their first album sound and after that i kind of dropped off but warning sign i think came off their second album um i just really really love that song and i always have and i distinctly remember the first time i heard it yeah and it's still probably one of the only coldplay songs i listen to because i don't really listen to them so um yeah, warning sign. Beautiful I like song. that. Are we on two? Two. Uh, my number two, I was tossing around a bunch from this band just because it's a classic, but I got to have a My Chemical Romance song on here. <laughs> uh, I'm going with I'm Not Okay. It's a classic, absolute banger of a I song. It's sad. I feel like it's an anthem. I feel like it's high school angst yeah, and sadness true. and emotion yeah. and the struggles of being in high school. And I think Helena's. Helena's, yeah. That'd be up there for sure. They have a lot of them that would work, but I feel like. You know, at the end of the day, I'm not okay. Is the whole thing is I'm not okay. So I promise. Yeah, I promise <laughs> I'm not okay. So I feel like uh, it just fit the bill perfectly. I feel like it's a sad song, but yeah, I mean, I could have a ton of MCR songs. I I love them, but yeah, I went with that one. I I mean, I think I love Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge probably the most of any of their albums. Oh, it's their best album. I love it by far I the think. most. Um, I never got into Black Parade. Some people say Black Parade, but I I like no, I never Three got Cheers into that. way more. But yeah. Yeah, so my Kim, I could just put a conglomerate of my Kim, but I'll go with I'm not okay as my number two. <laughs> a classic for yeah. sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kevin, okay, two. we're on number two, right? Yep. I did uh, a song called What Sarah Said by Death Cap for Cutie. Oh, yeah. Nice. Great song. And, um, I mean, the, the song's about, you know, it's very, very specifically about somebody uh, passing away uh, in a hospital bed. And. Uh, ben Gibbard's amazing. He he really does this cool thing where he does um, a lot of imagery, but like just super, super descriptive imagery. Um, and this was another uh, kind of jarring lyric uh, in the song that I knew what he was talking about already. Then he really pulled me into the room. Like I felt like I was there. Uh, he says, as, as I stared at my shoes in the ICU that reeked of piss in 409. Uh, and it's just one of those ugly that he says reeked of piss and 409 is yeah. just like such an ugly phrase um, that 
really, really makes you, draws you into the lyrics and makes you pay attention. Uh, and he does this a lot where he describes like um, items in the room. And what's cool about that is that it's like, it's like a never ending um, amount of inspiration for lyrics. And when you describe things like that, like I said, it's just the imagery that, that pulls you in. Uh, and then the end of the song is like this really long drawn out, like jazzy drum section. Uh, but right before that section, he says, uh, I'm thinking about what Sarah's or I'm thinking of what Sarah said that love is watching someone die. And then he echoes throughout the end, the whole end of the song. He says, so, so who's going to watch you die? Uh, and it's kind of like that. Well, yeah, true, if you have true love with somebody that's everlasting, like one of you is going to watch the other one go. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's very fucked up, but it's very, very beautiful. Yeah. Ooh, do Boy. we want to do some honorable mentions before we do our number ones? Yeah, I'm down. Um, I had something in the way by Nirvana. Mm, yeah, good one. Um, oh shit. Yeah, very very sad to me. And I also had one of Haley Williams's new songs, mm. just because it's in my in my mind right now, called "Why We Ever." Mm. Um, I haven't listened to a lot of her new stuff, and there's some that I don't like. Um, and then this song I heard it and immediately just clicked with it and she has this lyric um because it's about her trying to splitting from someone and then being like why did we split but she knows why they split but she's trying to doubt herself and then there's a lyric where she says I spent the weekend at home again just drawing circles on the floor but she's but it's like this like little interlude where she says it and then um it's just magically done. I think it's one of the best songs like in the past yeah. year. I really, really love it. It's called Why We Ever. If you um, heard I had it. to have Johnny Cash's Nine Inch Nails cover of Hurt uh, on yeah. there. Uh, it's a classic. Classic. Uh, everyone knows that song. Uh, I feel like Skinny Love, Bonnie Vare, it's kind of a cop out, but it is a great song. Uh, yep. It's so big, but it is a great song. So I'll put that in my honorable mentions. Any honorable mentions, Kev? Yeah, I actually, I was struggling not to fit in uh, a Paramore song. Uh, I think yeah. their whole record, yeah. After Laughter, is like um, incredibly sad, but it's it didn't make the top five because of the juxtaposition of it being like a dance album. Yeah, yeah. So I was going to say. They it, what, what I, it, I yeah. really think that's cool, though, um, but it, but those kinds of songs like are just like bops that, that are also sad, you know? So it's yeah. like kind of like in your head yeah, while also you're bopping. wiping your tears yeah. yeah you're bopping yeah. so it doesn't like, put you fully <laughs> into like sad boy hours yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah a- after laughter that, yeah that the lyrics record, are incredibly um, depressing yeah super sad okay yeah. number one boom boom um, my number one is a Joni Mitchell song Joni Mitchell called Both Sides Now and if you don't know what this song is you might know it because it was in the movie Love Actually classic um just after uh, emma thompson realizes that her husband alan rickman has given jewelry to some other woman um and he's given her a Joni mitchell cd instead um and uh it just breaks my heart it's talking about how you've seen different sides of like magical things in life and and awful things in life um And the lyric that has always stayed with me is, and if you care, don't let them know, don't give yourself away. It's all about kind of trying to be strong, even though your heart has been shattered into a million pieces. (laughs) You bastard Alan Rickman. Classic. We talk about Alan Rickman a lot on this podcast, strangely. (laughs) That that lyric that uh, that you just said, it reminds me of a a Jimmy World lyric, which is also like a a band that I I wanted to fit into the top five. Um, 
where he says, uh, if you love me at all, don't call. Uh, yeah. Wow, it kind of that, that same vibe to it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Jimmy Eat World's great. But yeah, so Joni Mitchell, she also had a song called Circle Game, which is an incredibly depressing song about the passing of time and how we just, with their seasons and everything, um, we're captive on a carousel of time. Boom. Because we just, we can't, you know, return. I like that. We just keep going and then eventually we die. And that's it. So Joni Mitchell is super happy. <laughs> it's very positive. <laughs> She's a dark broad. I like she it. She is. She is. Yeah. Okay. Luke, number uh, one. My number one is by City and Color. The oh, girl. I didn't even think of City. <gasps> yeah. The girl had <gasps> to be up there. Classic. Um, that was the song that. So when I went out with Caleb's band uh, to tour with them, my I had been my girlfriend at the time we had only been together for a little while and but we were like super super in love and into each other even though we'd only been together for, for a little while who's my wife now but I left to go tour with him which was wouldn't it be crazy for people in the music world but for me I was just a normal guy in college and so we were just normal couple and then I was like hey I'm gonna be leaving for like three months or two months or whatever to go on warp tour and like so it was like that song was very impactful to me at that time because that's what the song's about is like going on tour and leaving a girl behind basically. So it was like a very uh, emotional song. We were both really into City and Color and it was like a big emotional thing for us at that point in life. So that was an easy number one for me because uh, I just cry thinking about it. But it ended up working out great. We ended up getting married and we're all happy and everything's great. But I will say that I one of my favorite things that I've seen uh, Dallas Green do is it was a city and color show but he did a cover of Alexis on Fire mm. Happiness by the Kilowatt and he mm. does it on piano and that kills me yeah. if, you, if you can look up the live version of Happiness by the Kilowatt blimey yeah so city and color Dallas Green what a songwriter I completely forgot about city and color yeah sad times city and color is my, my wife's favorite yeah. favorite band um, we did our first first dance was to to them, I'm. So I, was ours. The Northern song Wind is slipping my mind. I can't remember what song. It wasn't the girl. We danced the girl to Northern Wind. Me and is my the wife. classic yeah. first first dance song. Uh, it was, it was a, a different one. Yeah, he says the ch- the church bells. What the hell song is that? I can't remember. Me, I, me and Caleb, our song is a singing color song. Is it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We danced to Northern Wind. It was uh that was an easy choice for our first dance. Uh, his song uh, "If I Should Go Before You" is, is a great one. Yeah, love love Dallas Green. Okay, Kevin, you're number one. Oh, sorry. Our, our first dance song was We Found Each Other in the Dark. Oh, yeah. That's, that's mine my and Caleb's dark, song. Dark soul. That's, that's, <laughs> that's mine and Caleb's wedding song. Like we had it on our wedding video. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. same for us. We did our, our first dance to yeah. it and our, and our we video. Didn't was, ha- was we, didn't have a f- we didn't have a first dance, but we had it. My poor wife, our- she had to marry the poor man's Dallas Green. okay what's your number one kevin okay number one uh, i did the song white light by the ghost inside Um, oh this song uh is about the singer vigil his younger brother uh passing away when he's very young uh and the story as i know it is that his his brother passed away uh in his sleep um as like a teenager and the term white light um comes from him he says after his brother passed away, like he would sometimes feel in these moments that like his brother was with him. And it was always during a time where there would be like a really bright light out in the distance. And he felt like that was his, his brother kind of shining on him. Uh, and the whole song, uh, he's talking about 
being fearful of death. I think, you know, when you're young and somebody goes like that, uh, you know, so sorry. my mom always said like, no, no mother should have to bury their son. Yeah. Uh, and I think the same goes for like older brothers having, having to, to deal with the loss of a younger sibling is like, I can't imagine that. No. Uh, my oldest brother passed away. So this song mm. connects with me, but, uh, the very, very end of the song, uh, the whole, the whole lyric, he says, I am so lost at sea. Ryan shine the light for me. I'm sinking. I can't swim. I need you here to pull me in. Uh, I'm sinking. I can't swim. I miss you, brother. You will never dim. And so he's talking about that, wow. that white light that is a, kind of always shining of, of his little brother. So, and that band, they have a lot of, uh, a lot of songs that are, that are really heavy emotionally, especially on their new record. Um, but this is, this is an older one. This is from their second album. Get what you, sorry, third album. Get what you give. Uh, and yeah, I have cried in my car to this song so many times. Man. Um, it it does remind me a little bit of um, I've spoken about Defeated before and their album Letters Home. Um, there's a song on there called No oh, Savior. What a great record. Yeah, No Savior is about his brother dying and him losing faith and. That song is unbelievable. Gets me every time. Now, is that is that song? Um, I thought that record was like a concept record about uh, from he was like writing it from the perspective of like a Civil War soldier. So, is that a song that's yeah, actually personal to him, or he, is it like a story? He, that he uh, the whole album, I think, was like a concept thing, but that I believe is is true. Like, his, is his, drawn from his yeah, actual life. Okay, yeah. That's always so interesting to me, and, and I, I talk uh, with my wife about this often, like that sometimes these songs are really, really personal and intimate and meaningful to these singers, and sometimes they're just stories. Right. Yeah. And I guess for the listener, sometimes it, it doesn't really matter. You know, it's like when I watch movies, they don't have to be real. They could still impact me. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I've always written from a, a perspective of I don't want to constantly be singing a song that doesn't mean shit to me you yes. know so I've, I've always personally written from from my, my own experiences but then you know and then i see artists like uh manchester orchestra who, who is like um they were an honorable mention to me uh their song i could feel a hot one oh where yeah the song's yes. about a dream that he had yeah and and i'm like it almost i mean it kind of takes away when yeah. you know that it's not like a true story but it's still so moving and i remember seeing them uh, live over in in the UK, and we got to watch them like from a balcony in this beautiful theater, and I just cried my fucking eyes out. Yeah, yeah I bet. That, song. that band, man. I was just listening to them today. Ooh. Actually, love that band. Um. Okay, so that was your number one. We finished there. Everyone's sad. Everyone got their tears I out. I might have to listen to some of these in the car geez. on the way home. <laughs> Reminding myself. I know. I want to. I actually want to make a, a list of you guys, uh, your guys' songs as well, and I'll, <laughs> I'll put them on a playlist. We'll send them over. Um. Okay, so we'll end with a couple of questions that got sent in and then we'll um, let you go, as it were. Um, the first one was, do you ever want to just write a super cheery pop song? <laughs> 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 Have you ever, like, when you, like, you mentioned Paramore doing, like, the depressing lyrics with the happy music, do you think that's a good combo or is that something that you kind of think should be reserved for slower tunes, like acoustic stuff? We did, on our last record, we have a song called uh, Come Back Down that's, like, really poppy up tempo it's got like kind of like a like a mumford and sons vibe to it and it's got like a horn section playing like this really really poppy cheery melody uh and that's a song that i wrote about my oldest brother passing away okay. so we, we we kind of and that was very inspired to me by by after laughter yeah the, mm. 
the juxtaposition yeah. that I was talking about right. earlier. So sometimes, but um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel like a desire to write about things that like make me stoked, like clutching a a victory royale in Warzone or something like that. Like that. <laughs> that's what makes me happy, you know. And it's yeah. like. I'm not going to write yeah. songs about that kind of shit because I just don't think there's right. like emotional weight behind it. It just doesn't seem interesting yeah. to me. So yeah, yeah no, no, probably no, probably no like happy bops from this wildlife. <laughs> sure. uh, we got another question just asking like, what are some of your, your musical influences? Like who's, who's kind of influenced your writing and things. The most like obvious direct one is dashboard confessional. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like, the first song I ever learned how to play on acoustic guitar was Screaming Infidelities. Um, and I think a lot of what we do uh, is kind of derived fr- from that. Yeah. Uh, and then I also think that kind of we're, we're kind of like the poor man's city in color. So those are probably the two, <laughs> two most obvious ones. Uh, but I don't know. I, I listen to a lot of different stuff. I don't, I don't really listen to a lot of acoustic music um, aside from like Damien Rice and Dashboard Confessional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I listen to a, a lot more. Uh, hip hop and metalcore, so I, I don't know. I think you know, and and like I said, like the storytelling of hip hop, I try to in, like uh, inject into into this wildlife songwriting um, and kind of like the the drama from metalcore. Yeah. Like I feel like metalcore vocal, vocalists are write very dramatic fucking lyrics. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like it. Um, and we'll end with this one. What made uh, you switch away from the low tide sound back to full acoustic? T. Blom sent that in. Um, well, I think uh, on Anthony's part, like definitely that album wasn't nearly as well received as as like our first record because uh, it was so different sonically than the first record. First record was like up tempo, sing alongs, but still acoustic. Yeah. Uh, and then the second record was like all moody, all sad, all the time, <laughs> and not like not real, not really like set up to be played live in an experience that would be like enjoyable. Yeah. Um, so for me, I felt like we had explored that sound for us and I love that record. Like I adore it. Yeah. Uh, and I felt like we had explored that sound and there wasn't really, I didn't want to go deeper into exploring that sound. Uh, we wanted to go on the next record. We, after touring that album, I wanted to write songs that would be fun to perform on tour for the next kind of couple of years. And so that's, that's kind of what spawned the, the sound of our third record Petaluma which we said this needs to be all like because we had a lot of electronic stuff on the second record and we wanted it all to be real instrumentation and warm bright more up tempo uh and so this fourth record that we're making now is I wouldn't say it's a mix between the last two records exactly but it's definitely less um less sunny than Petaluma was Petaluma was like a very it had sad songs on it, obviously, but like it was something you'd listen to when you're driving. Yeah. This next record, I want this one to be one that you listen to in headphones while you're laying in your bed. Right. Yeah. So it's, that that's like my my vibe for, for the next album. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. Well, we'll finish it there. Yeah. End it right there. Thanks for hanging out. I hope out. everyone's happy listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we got to do this. I know we talked about doing this like a year ago. So yeah, um, <laughs> sorry it took me so long. Oh, no, good. you're fine. Um, hopefully, all our listeners, you can go and listen to some of these and be happier and not super sad. Yeah. Um, but if some, you are looking for something to listen some, to, some good jams. In this yeah, list. when you're depressed, then also listen to them. Yeah. And uh, 
Yeah. I got to get into some of these 80s songs that Luke dropped. Yeah, so dude, I'm, I'm an 80s junkie. I'm so. trying to think if it was just George Michael. I don't, I don't think Kayla's Whisper was Wham. I, I, I don't know. We'll have to double check that. But um, either way, Kayla's <laughs> yeah. Whisper, man. Yeah, okay. Um, and we'll leave it there. So thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye.